Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, boys, I'm getting more and more excited about uh, Indie Live. Indie Live coming up March 31st in Indianapolis at uh, Soma Church and Day Spa. Piper, tell them about Indie Live, where they can get tickets, how they can get tickets. Um, Why talk they about can our- get tickets. Yeah, talk about our website. We have a web presence at the Happy Ramp Podcast, which we is do. really exciting. Because because more goes on on that web presence than just get your indie live tickets. Although right now that is the absolute most pressing and valuable thing you can do with your time, That's with right. your money, with your emotions. You can mm. take them to happyramppodcast.com and click the orange button that says get your tickets and you can purchase them. If you're already planning to go to the Gospel Coalition or if you know people planning to go to the Gospel Coalition conference, this is the evening before it begins. So you're probably coming in the evening before anyway because there's all sorts of pre-conference stuff and you know you just want to get settled in and you know get your notepads ready for the 77 hours of sermons you're going to listen to and the 37 the breakouts. The night, yeah, the huge, the huge the pre-conference parties. There's yeah. after parties after all the breakout sessions. It's just it's a wild time for reformed folks. Um, none of us will be doing breakout sessions, so this is your one chance to hear us. So it's March 31st at Soma Church and Day Spa and Lingerie Company, and I think somebody <laughs> sent me something that it, there's a there's a Soma something in the pharmacist world as well. So it's it's a really multifaceted Ooh. venue. There's there's pharmaceuticals, there's underwear. There's there's all sorts of spa treatments and it's also a church so lot lots of wonderful things going on there, March thirty first seven to ten p.m. Indianapolis. If you go to happyarentpodcast.com, you can get your tickets there. The other things you can do at our at our web presence that's like website yeah. except with some gravitas. It's comprehensive. Yeah. Vibe. You can get your Ligaris Roasters coffee there. We have a link there because Ligaris has been a longtime partner with us. Uh, they also make awesome coffee that. Uh, many of you have already purchased, and so you can confirm that it is, in fact, delicious. You can get all of the swag that we offer through Missional Wear, so that's pint glasses and mugs and moleskins and T-shirts and stickers and, and just kind of anything Happy Ramp branding except for, like, temporary tattoos. They haven't done those yet. Um, I, maybe I should get a permanent Happy Ramp tattoo. That's a good thing to consider. Ooh. The other like thing it. you can do there, though, is there's a link to contact me, Ted, or Ron uh, to invite us to speak. So since the Gospel Coalition failed to hit that link and invite us to speak at a breakout session, uh-huh. you can remedy that by inviting us to speak at Sunday morning services, men's conferences, youth retreats, college groups, uh, seminars, plenary sessions, plenary sessions, colloquiums, summits. Uh, what am I missing, guys? What, cohorts. Oh, Piper, cohorts, cohorts, yes, absolutely. Yeah. We will coach a cohort. Um, Ron, any any other events that you would be willing to speak at that I've left out? Summer camps. I left out camps. Mm. Yeah, I summer like. camps. Well, I'm not sure about summer camps. I'll I'll leave that one to you guys. Um, I, I'm I'm always I'm always a little more surprised. I don't get invited to more arty music oriented talk to us about um, you know your life and times in the music industry stuff. So those are available so for me. So Ron is Ron is pitching the idea of like a behind the music. 
plenary session that uh, that he's eager and ready to do. So if that sounds like it would fit, Ron, Ron's ready to talk about his life and times. Man, we got to get our boy a, a plenary to do that. <laughs> um, let's let's make this happen. Yeah, it's like a, it, it'll be like a Ronnie Martin thirty for thirty at your church. That sounds. Ooh. I mean, I'd I'd pay to see that. Wow, dude, what's the thirty for thirty like the 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 chords at the beginning? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know and it very the, well. Yeah, and then the little like bass rumble, and then they go into like the the, the super dramatic Ron Martin story. That's um, the best. That's the best I've ever heard of it. Big yeah, game. yeah, Wait. I love it, dude. Do those chords again. Uh, da, da, da. It's not as good as breaking <laughs> I was news. Gonna say it's but... no breaking news jingle, but it's it's a good yeah. start. It's, we're just getting warmed up, dude. Although we we'll, we have some breaking news later, man. I'm uh, I've got the jingle all queued up. It's ready to go. So yeah, that's our uh, that's our web presence, folks. Invite us to speak, buy coffee, buy pint glasses, and most definitely get your indie live tickets. Also, make our website your homepage. You should make it your just your landing page for when you open a browser. Um, that's a good. I, I want to be the. I want us to be the Google of like Christian podcasting uh, endeavors. And when you search, it will only search our episodes, which is really all that matters <laughs> anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So if you type in like. Um, I don't know how to renew your passport. It'll only ever bring up a, a an episode where we talked about that. Um, yeah, it'll bring up like the two the episodes where Ted talked about going to Israel and I talked about going to Israel. And I feel like Ron did an international travel thing like a year and a half ago. Did you go to Europe or something, Ron? Was there a, a missions trip in your past? No. Um, no. No. Okay. Oh no. yeah, there was. There was. Sorry, yeah, like three years ago. Two okay. years ago. Yeah. So Sorry. yeah, they that that'll come up, and it doesn't have anything to do with renewing your passport, but it'll be a good time. Great reruns. Absolutely. Boys, we do have some news to break on the program today. And, and Piper, this is college basketball news. I know that in our uh, our pre-show production meetings, there was a little bit of confusion as to whether this should be uh, an item for the Happy Rant General Show, this this program, or an item for Happy Rant Sports. Uh, we decided that this, this item, Pipe, is just too big um, to sort of pigeonhole into a sports episode. This is something that deserves... Uh, a national kind of an international treatment. So let me uh, let me rip some paper off the fax machine, and um, I'm going to queue up the the breaking news riff, and uh, then we'll get into this. Okay, boys, are you ready? Ready. Buckled up. Here we go. Here we go. Dun 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 dun. All right, boys. I've got some breaking news. The breaking news is that uh, there is a tiny college. Associated with Midwestern Seminary, the tiny college is called Spurgeon College. Pipe, do we know what the enrollment is at Spurgeon College? Uh, it's in the three figures, I believe. Ooh, strong, strong three figures. I like it. So we got a three-figure enrollment at Spurgeon College. And rumor has it, Piper, that Spurgeon College is about to acquire a gymnasium. Well, they and, have. But, they opened it last fall. They, they, I've, I toured it pre-opening. It's their whole student center, and it has a. It's a very nice gymnasium, very well lit, very nice, gross. beautifully laid out hardwood for for the basketball courts. Dude. It's very nice. So it it only follows then Piper that uh, Spurgeon College is is looking into launching a basketball a basketball program. So um, you can not only like go you know, deep dive into niche reform theology at, at Spurgeon College, you could also further your basketball career there now. And uh, this brings up so many questions to me. Or, I mean, Piper. you could probably start your basketball career there, given their their options right. for players. Let's be honest. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of playing opportunities. Now, I've exhausted, like, my, my college football eligibility is shot. Do you think 
I could take a couple of classes at Spurgeon and, and play college basketball at this point. The question is, would you be willing to have Owen Strand as a coach? Because I feel like that's also likely to happen. Oh, my goodness, dude. That's a, I don't know if I could play for Owen Strand. Do you know what his uh, what, like? What would his coach persona be like? Um, compare him to an NBA coach, past or present. And yeah. I'll tell you if I can play for him. That's a good question. I think um, he strikes me as a, a little bit like uh, Brett Brown of of the uh, of the Sixers, because mm. Owen's originally an East Coaster. He's kind of an uh-huh. undersized guy. He's got like that, you know. Yeah. He's got the clean haircut. Uh, yeah. He's high energy, and yeah. and but also just like he's a little offbeat. So he's not like the he's not the Popovich who's like the you know the rough and crusties you know. That yeah. guy, yeah. Um, and then, but but he's not the he's not like the Brad Stevens Uber even keel guy. He's yeah. not Steve Kerr, although I think he would like to be Steve Kerr. So yeah, I think Brett Brown's the guy. Dude, would he be like a Christian Scotty Skiles? You know, small, scrappy, D- drives uh, everybody nuts after two years and gets dri- fired. Drives everybody nuts every two years, which he kind of does. You can kind of set your watch by like. I feel like Strahan kind of he dusts off the anti football piece every two years and it gets me all riled up. <laughs> and um, you, you can set your watch I, by this guy. I think he's Brett Brown on the basketball court and Scott Skiles on the internet. Interesting. I like that. I like that. Now, boys, given given the reforms, um, theological kind of pre pastorate uh, thrust of this school, do you guys have any ideas for what a mascot would be? So, like the Spurgeon College fill in the blank. Um, any idea what this would be? I mean, how closely do we want to tie it to the Spurgeon theme? Because that, you know, that sort of uh, that 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 really creates a branding image. If you stay to that, if you want to go broader reform, I mean, we that, that's a that's a large playground we get to play in. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. What do you think? Spurgeon on brand or sort of broader reformed? Let's go broader reformed. Big R, you got any ideas for us? Mascot? Oh. um... You, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Why don't you guys just continue? I'm looking up at uh, log homes in Ohio right now because that's always been a dream of mine. So I'm I'm with you. Um, don't think of me as not here. Just think of me as behind you supporting right now. Pipe, you know what this is? This is Ron's protest move because he never wanted to do this topic on the show. It is. I believe he may have said very explicitly he didn't want to do this topic on the show. Yeah, he, he's yeah like, I, don't, I don't think I don't think it was mysterious, guys. I don't think there was any sort of like Enneagram Four uh, mystery there for you. Dude, no, this is the protest move, Piper. This is like. Um, you know, just in keeping with the basketball analogy, you put the like disgruntled player in the game, and he doesn't he doesn't play any defense, and he just stands in the corner. Yeah, this is keeping with the basketball analogy, just to push it even further. This is that one defense. half when Kobe Bryant refused to shoot, and he just passed to bad teammates over and over and over again, and they lost to the Phoenix Suns. That's, uh, just that's what Ron is doing right now. The knife, boys. No, one more, one more analogy. One more NBA analogy, boys. Come on. You can do uh, it. This is the Eastern Conference Finals game when LeBron James just got in his own Perfect. head and just failed to show up altogether, and they lost Beautiful. to the Celtics. There it is. There it is. Would you like any more analogies? Baby, we're looking like at That one did it for me. I, okay. I feel satisfied. Looking I mean, at log homes, huh? Is, is this for you, or is this for your new neighbor who's moving to uh, A-Town here momentarily? Or are you, yeah, try, or are you trying to the escape the new neighbor home. by moving to somewhere else? You know what? There might be some truth in that, but I've always dreamed of owning a log home, and I, I just that's that's really all I want, and it's I don't know that it's ever going to happen. But It's, it's all like I want, street. including a plenary <laughs> sesh, um, a chance to hit the circuit to talk about the music career. And but, you no know, basketball. 
No, I really want to log home like worse than those things. I really do. You want it worse that like log home is at the top of the list above plenary sesh. I mean, yeah, a plenary sesh is 30 minutes. This lasts forever. (laughs) That's true, baby. That's so true. (laughs) I think it's Um, awesome that Ron wants a log house when he is just like self-proclaimed indoorsy. And I realized, yeah. yes, log houses are indoors, but they they're they're rugged wildernessy houses for Dude, I just, for a I super the, indoorsy person. I just love the mountains, and I I've always just wanted a cabin in the mountains. That's Maybe all. you live in Ohio. I was like, going to say no uh, geography, not your friend right now. No, there's some mountains around. There's some mountains within a couple of hours where we go sometimes, and we rent log okay. homes. And like, I just I wish I just owned it so I could go there whenever I wanted. You know. Mm. Anyway, carry on, guys. Better write another book with Ted so you can get those big bucks. Yeah, the book business. I was going to say the book business has been good to Ron Piper. This is this is not our experience, but uh, (laughs) you know, yeah, my my royalties are buying me dinner at Red Lobster. Ron's are buying him a log house. One one of you apparently quit complaining. More money than Red Lobster. Pipe, come on. Okay, Red Lobster twice a year. Yeah, I mean we're doing better than Red Lobster on this program. I don't want don't mislead people. Don't make them think that we're not making money that can bring us above and beyond. Oh, no, no. I said royalties. I make more money on this podcast than I do from my book royalties. <laughs> of course. That's that's not misleading people. That's a true statement. All right. So back to Spurgeon. Did you, do you guys know how at the end of, at the end of Back to the Future, um, George McFly, like when Marty comes back, George McFly is like this ostensibly this wildly successful author, and he's just published his first book. I just thought and, that was- yeah, the implication is that the book has made him rich. Like that to me is the most like fake movie thing ever. Having and it's been a super publishing. weirdo like sci-fi book too. Like what's it called? Like something from Mars or something? Yeah, it's a weirdo sci-fi book. And then like they show him, he gets the boxes of books. He like cuts it open. He looks at the cover, and he's just like coming. He's just come in from like playing tennis. Um, you know, subtext, he's a rich guy now. And it's just but like, they're still was, living in that sort of like, they're still living in that really like underdeveloped, like, you know, yeah, sort that, of like suburban neighborhood. That kind of like blue collar. That, yeah. That kind of like blue collar totally. starter house or whatever. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. So but they've checked it out. I mean, in reality, it would be like, you know, Hey guys, I published my first sci-fi novel. I made 4,000 bucks. I fixed the windows and bought myself this nice cake. And, and I, and I set aside half of it because the government will ask for it next April. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. he like doesn't he have like because they have like the Mercedes out front, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's in like yeah. So the house is fixed up like all he put like fake wood floors in the house. That's what he could buy with the royalties from the from the like the sci-fi Mars book. Dude, that's why people think we're rich, though, as authors. Like, you know, they they see Back to the Future and they think like George McFly's life was really was shouldn't really should I'm, guys. I'm just saying this, man. Shouldn't shouldn't he ha- shouldn't Michael J. Fox have at least like when he woke up? Shouldn't he have been in like a bigger house in a different neighborhood? I just felt like being in that same house, that suburban house, like just kind of killed the whole thing for me. Dude, maybe they like it there, though. Maybe maybe George McFly likes it there. I don't you know. Mean he invested his money in like other things, like a log cabin. Yeah, yeah, maybe about a log cabin. You know, he was on his podcast having like a like a protest move about a topic, and and he just impulse bought a log cabin. And I just uh, clicked on one right now on accident. Shoot! Oh no! So I'll. Gosh, I hope. Dang. I hope you kept the receipt, baby. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. They said there's no receipt. Mm-hmm. I just have to start paying right now. Piper, let's get back to college basketball, and by college basketball, I mean uh, a it's bunch of sick ankled. 
dumpy white guys who are going to play for Spurgeon College. Um, let's let's move off of mascot and move on to uniforms. Okay. So, assuming that um, so our coaching staff is going to be Strahan. Who's the assistant? Like, who's the bench coach? Derek Rishmawi? Um <laughs> Is he going to get some wisdom? He's, he- well, he's in Illinois. If we're going for, with Midwestern staff, uh, mm. well, the president of Midwestern is a guy named Jason Allen, who's like 6'8", and a former college mm. basketball player. Um, okay. I don't know that he would be willing to serve as the assistant to one of his employees, but he would be on the coaching staff. There's also Jared Jason C. Wilson. How old is there. this guy? Like 32? What's that? He's not. Is is this Jason old enough to be the president of a of a university? Yeah, he's like in his 40s. Ah, okay. Yeah, I hear he's the name a, Jason. He's and I a think youthful like looking 40 something though. He's not a. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He doesn't have the sort of. Uh, that hangdog Al Moeller like looked sixty at forty, also looks sixty at sixty kind of thing going on. Dude, yeah, see, I feel like that's a reform thing. Like it's important to look, you know, hangdog and 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 miserable in a way that like puts the years on you. Um, although the young guys aren't doing that as much as like the older crowd did it. Katie, uh, why? Katie, dude, you is know, Katie why doing it? I haven't seen well, it Katie. Why? I mean, he. Do, I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't exactly like just exude like youthful. You know. Exuberance. That's it's because that's because of his ill-fit khakis, though. Let's be honest. That's mm. true. Okay, that's so th- back to uniforms, Ted. If we're going to start yeah. this ill-fit khakis and this subversive jeans, I think yeah. the uniforms need to be made by our very own clothing line. So we're talking, Dude, we're talking ill-fit khaki uniforms for Spurgeon College. Yeah. So the shorts are going to be just a standard khaki short. So um, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a khaki short. <clears throat> Uh, we're going to go ahead and make them wear a belt with it. Um, so we're going to harken back to like really the 40s and 50s in basketball where the shorts did have belts. Um, so we'll do some kind of a woven leather belt uh, with a khaki shorts. I think the jersey piper needs to be um, sort of a dark navy, like the cover of a blazer, um, like the color of a blazer. And then yeah. and then some kind of like homage to the bow tie. Uh, has to be in there somewhere on the jersey, but well, yeah, because uh, if if you're doing like the the sort of the V neck jersey, you can sort of get a little design at the at the point of the V that that uh, yeah. kind of connotes bow tie. I think that's a good absolutely, call, absolutely, man, absolutely. I dig this, dude. I would I would watch this team. I think all of the uniforms. You know how it used to be. So in the '80s, uniform basketballs were sort of. I'm sorry, uniform basketball uniforms. Words are very hard. Were sort of small and short and tight. And then in the mm-hmm. '90s, they went the Allen Iverson route of like big baggy shorts. That the Fab Five sort of brought that in. So everything yeah. was like big and baggy. And now they're back to sort of like the. Uh, I mean, it's like everybody's a workout warrior. So you've got you've yeah. got like the LeBron James muscle shirt thing. Yeah. These need to be the like the jerseys need to be slightly too short so that when you tuck them in, they become a little <laughs> bit untucked. Yeah, they need yeah. to be a little bit like billowy uh, yeah. so that when you tuck them in, they also sort of bunch in funny places. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the pants need to just be like or the shorts need to just be a little bit. Uh, they're a little too long or a little too short. Yeah. And, yeah. Never and, the right length, though. And and just yeah, they just need to sort of flap around awkwardly. Uh, yeah. That so there's they have to be cut just so to fit everybody. Not quite right. Good question. Cargo pockets on the shorts? Yes or no? No. You can keep your keys in there. You can keep your you know. No, no I th- I no? think they need they need car they need like tearaway cargo warm ups. 
So no. tearaway cargo pant warm up. Yeah. I so love. then, so then when they're in the game, they're just they're wearing the shorts, but then the, they have the cargo warm ups um, and probably blazers for for their you know their you know how everybody gets their long sleeves. Yeah, blazers on when they're on the for bench. like their shooting yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah, their warm up shooting jacket. Oh, I love it, Piper. I love it. Um, is there is, is there a particular hot. kind of shoe they should wear? I I'm picturing like you know like the Steph Curry twos or threes that were very old manish. They were like low yeah. rise, all white. I think that's yeah. the shoe, right? Yeah, something orthopedic looking almost. Yes, correct. Um, or like and calf chocolate. socks, like like tube socks that go up to you know halfway yeah. up the calf. Mid calf tube socks. What about Chaco's pipe? Because I. I see these ministry types like when they're when they're getting casual. It's always the same thing. It's always like uh, cargo shorts. Yeah, socks and chocks. Um, they always carry the same water bottle, so like they won't use Gatorade water bottles. It'll be that like refillable like Nalgene kind of water bottle. Um, you know, so so it's going to be comprehensive, man. This whole thing's going to be comprehensive. Last question on the jersey, Piper collar. Uh, are we going to have a collar on the jersey? Nah, this isn't rugby. We can't get away like with that. Like the kind that. of collar you would get on a golf shirt? Yeah. I don't think we can do that. I think, yeah. again, I think if there's like shooting shirts, they can be they can be sort of that French blue cheap fabric that, you know, when it folds, it stays folded. It's like crumpling up a paper yeah. towel. And uh, yeah. maybe like pre-pit stained. Um, you okay. can bring some of that yep. in too. But, but yeah, not on the jerseys themselves because that would inhibit the player. And that's just not fair to these these aspiring athletes. Dude, Absolutely. Um, now this is going to create some dilemmas for Spurgeon college because, um, it won't be long before they, they start trying to actually recruit guys that can play basketball. Um, which means it won't be long before they have mercenaries and then it'll get real dicey at the school. So how do you think they're going to navigate that? Well, I suppose it depends on what level of competition they're like. If they can't offer significant financial aid, the ringers they get are going to be like washed out homeschool co-op players or something. You know, yeah, it's a, a guy who's in seminary who who maybe has a year of eligibility left from a previous career. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. an ex-con who's now reformed and saved, and he's like, I mean, I played in the prison yard, and they're like, Come on, man, come on down, man, you can bang in the post for us. Um, so yeah, Dude, speaking I, of five. I made my uh, my intramural basketball debut at Union last night for the season. Did you? How did it go? No, it went great, man. We won. We played a pharmacy team, and uh, the pharmacy guys are all like jacked and steroidal and really angry all the time. Um, so they're not that much fun to play against. But uh, we were down by nine with four minutes to go, and we uh, and we ended up closing the gap. We won by one. So um, it was a, it was a nice outing, man. It was a nice outing. Ran the floor a little bit, you know. Felt good. Do you feel good but, today, uh, or do you do you regret the decision? Dude, I actually feel pretty good today. I got a knee in the back. I was guarding this huge, like, 6'8 guy, and I was boxing him out, and he just stuck his knee, like, right in the, the soft should, part of the lower back. I mean, back. if he's playing intramurals, you should tell him that if he just transfers right up the road to Kansas City, there's a team starting up there, he could play for real. Dude, seriously, the, the, the Spurgeon College should, like, probably sign all these pharmacy guys. They could, they could probably win a dozen games in that league um, if, they, if they all just went up the road, man. Now, doesn't at Jared C. Wilson have something to do with that college? He does. He's uh, he's one of their he's he has been one of their like communications directors and he runs for the church, which is sort of their their website online content ministry. Interesting. Now, what's at Jared C's basketball background? Does he have any? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard him talk about playing basketball. He's much more of a football fan from my awareness. Oh, interesting. He's a diehard Patriots fan. Maybe if they start a football program, I can 
you know, I can throw my hat into the coaching ring up there. I could be on the same in the same athletic department as uh, Owen Strakan. Although I'm sure they won't start football if Owen's there. Um, That's true. Yeah, foot, to say about. Yeah, I mean it. It given the number of articles published by people with like corollary relationships to that school about the negativity of football, it seems it seems likely they will uh, they will eschew that sport. Yeah, that's not going to be a thing for sure. Um, should we should we invite and welcome Big R back to the program after his protest move? I feel like uh, I feel like it's going to be tough to reassimilate him back onto the show. But yeah, it's almost like starting back. over at this point. Like we got to get guys. Ryan I thought you had up. an outlet for this called Happy Rant Sports. That's that's mm. all I'm asking. I thought I thought but you this guys is, already did this. This is Happy Rant Reform Jokes. So uh, yes, it's about sports, but also not really. I'll just hold my tongue on that last comment. Mm. Did Carry you on. did you get the uh, did you get the log cabin thing figured out? You got you got what you needed. I purchased correct. Nice. You so just click on the one you want, and they start sending you your mortgage. They start sending you pieces of wood in the mail, and you assemble I was it. Say, you is this like a Sears robot house where it's like numbered pieces of wood, and you have to assemble it? Because I, sure, feel I like wish that's... it was that easy. Because then I would do that, and then find somebody who knows how to assemble things, which is not me. There you so, go. Yeah. There you go. Maybe a log cabin experience for the Martins. This is lovely. What a what a time to be alive, Piper. It is. Um, I know. I really want to go visit. I really want to go visit uh, Ashland after he has his log cabin. This this is this is the this is the thing that has tipped me over the edge. Boys, the cabin is not going to be in Ashland. That, oh. There's no. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's actually good because I didn't want to visit Ashland. I just wanted to visit the log cabin. Correct. Well, so, Piper, you're yeah. going to want to visit Ashland pretty soon because they're going to be there they're just going to be a lot of people there with whom we have overlap in our in our lives and in our radio lives that's and, true just going for um, the just the sheer sparks flying aspect of things i'll tell you what we'll eventually do our exclusive writing retreat at the cabin how about that yeah Ooh, there, there you up. go there i'll offer it up only I if there it. is a roaring fire involved oh of course Absolutely. how generous baby that's really Absolutely. generous um i feel like one of the things piper that's going to happen pretty soon uh, with this new influx of people into Ashland is that Ron's going to be forced to redesign uh, his church service a little bit because he's going to soon start getting a lot of feedback um, on on how he's doing things. And uh, so my question to you boys is this. If you could design a one-off church service, what would it look like? So your ideal, your ideal Sunday, your ideal church service, uh, one-off, what does it look like? Uh, Big R, since you waited so patiently through um, that episode of Happy Rant Sports, and and you protested, but you did it in such a gentle and kind way. Yeah, that uh, was that was really exemplary protesting. I applaud. Really I feel like the the culture could learn a lot from Ronnie Martin about that. So, like, instead of marching and taking like you know grainy, angry video of yourself, like just buy a log cabin, you know. So the next time you feel mad about like retail some, protesting. Yeah, retail protesting, dude. I love it. I love that concept. Um, yeah, I think are, buying a log cabin, I mean, I think that there's just something in the act of that, right? Going on there's researching. There's something in the act of it. You are, you're stimulating the local economy of wherever you buy the log cabin. I mean, really, instead of tearing down, you're building up. You're building up quite literally. You're literally building up with logs, and um, I, I love that. So, Ron, it, indulge us humor us um build a church service build Gosh, your perfect church service how do i answer that man because i gotta build one every week so i i know baby 
I mean, it's your topic though. So I, I, I know I was more curious about how you guys would do it because I, I sort of, I have to do it how I have to do it. Right. So it's like, yeah. I'm kind of doing it how I want to do it, but it's pretty standard at the same time. But this yeah, is a chance for you to passive aggressively talk about all the things you would like to do differently at your very own church. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the problem, man. I mean, it's my church is just, we're so on it. I'm just, it's just everything I want it to be. Um, so <laughs> it's perfect in so, every way. It's, it's like the it's, Mary it's, Poppins it's of Mary churches. Poppins, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Mary here. Yeah, it's Mary Poppins, evangelical free church of America. So it's right. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, man. M-P-E-F-E-S-E, is it? Mim- I'll tell you, there are some, there's some, t- yeah, <laughs> hold on. M-P-E-F-C-A. Yeah. Um, Dude, sometimes what you wish in church, especially you guys can you guys can like feed into this experience. Sometimes when you get to church, you just want to kind of get right down to it. Yeah. And you're not in a very sociable mood and we have a very sociable church. And so sometimes you just want to, you know, kind of do away with all of the, uh, you know, all of the uh, all the camaraderie and you want to get right down to just, hey, can I just like open the word, listen to a message, sing a song, pray. And then 20 minutes later, I'm back in the kitchen, like with a turkey sandwich. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I kind of feel like there's a lot of people that really would wish that we could just go a little bit closer into that formatting. Yeah. Um, I think I'm one of those people. Like, yeah, I know. And I, both of you guys are, that's why I, that was kind of my handoff to you guys a little bit right there. Yeah. Dude, for me, like, honestly, I love our church. I love, you know, everything about our, our, our service and our leadership for me, like if everything just got halved, you know, like half the number of songs, half the number of dudes, like praying through the entire narrative of the Bible. Um, you know, I I would keep the sermon the same length. You know, I, I I love the sermon. Um, it's always really, you know, really robust and, and great, but, uh, but yeah, a little shorter, you know, um, almost two hours is a, that, that's just a lot, man. It's a marathon. Dude, is it really two? I mean, T, is it really two hours? Maybe dude? it's close. I mean, depending that's insane. on, there, there's a couple variables, right? So there's, there's, uh, there's this one worship guy. He's a good friend of mine and I don't think he listens to the show, but if he does, he wouldn't be offended. And, uh, yeah, we're not, none he, of this is going to get bleeped. So just speak for, yeah, you. no, but whenever he prays, like he goes so long, you know, and, and, so I always joke with the guys who who plan the services. I'm just like, okay, if Greenway prays and there's a baptism, like we're going we're going two hours. Like, like you're I home at 2:30, dude. I gotta bring a Cliff Bar. Like I'm bringing a Cliff Bar and a Gatorade. Because <laughs> or can, or can we do hours. communion twice? Maybe just to just to get some. Yeah, snacks. two communions. Maybe like a, one at the beginning, one at the end. You know, help help me out here. But uh, but yeah, depending on who's doing what in the service, it can go real long. Let me ask you guys this. That brings up yeah. a really interesting point because I had a recent experience with with a dude, right? Yeah. And he like normally, you know, there was nothing like unusually long about his prayers. They were just kind of just kind of right on the money, right? Like I don't yeah. I don't know. I've never had time to pray, right? But it was just yeah. he prayed, he said what he wanted to say. It was always good and you never felt like, "Okay, man, get get to it already," right? You yeah. never had that vibe. And this this brother, dude, I am not kidding, man. Um, he may have gone on, and again, for 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 length of time in prayer, it, it might have been close to five minutes, which is like the equivalent of I don't know what, um, like a, like that's, an hour that's like a, a ninety sermon, minute sermon. Seriously, baby, listen, right. yeah, I say this with zero percent hyperbole. That's standard for my church. Standard. Five five minute prayers. Five minute prayers. Five to six. Is Dude, that is such a long. So here's my Standard. question. 
Yeah. Have you, have you guys, because we've all had to publicly pray, yeah. have you guys ever for some reason just started praying and for some reason you weren't able to land the prayer and you ended up just doing this crazy long prayer? Dude, n- no. No. Uh, no. Never no. Out if of, out if of there's seven. anything I'm good at doing, it's it's ending prayer. Yeah, because I'm like pray, pray, I'm, I'm not that good at praying in the first place, and so finishing it is the easy part. It's like okay, I'm <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah. No, I I feel that because I feel like that is something like I feel like that is okay in all of in. Honestly, I'm not I'm not just hyping right now, but like in ministry, I feel like that's the one that shocks me the most. It's, yeah, it's like the guys that. Dude, some dudes pray like two sentences and you're like, wait, hold on, man. You didn't even say any, like say something. Yeah, like you said yeah. amen before you even started the prayer. Yeah. But like more often than not, you get a normal prayer. But then what shocks me is when like a guy who who like normally is like right in the pocket prays and oh. prays and prays. And you're like, wait, like did I – did he already say amen and I still – and he went into something else and I still have like my eyes closed. And like yeah. you kind of look up going, wait, is he still praying? And yep, he's still praying. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's, that's pretty much like standard procedure at our place. And, and think about it though, dude, this, this is the funny thing about praying in public. It's the most like open Mikey aspect of the service. So if you think about the service, everything else is pretty tied off. Like the, the, the songs only go X number of verses. Um, you know, the pastor has a sermon outline that he's sticking to or some kind of manuscript or whatever. Um, you know, the prayer is really the wild card and it's really the like prayer is the wild card, man. I like yeah. that. quote, big T dude at our place. It's a time where they're kind of, they're kind of throwing the, they're throwing the mic to different people and you just never know. You just never know man, what you're you guys get. do open mic prayer nights. Do well. Yeah, we do open mic prayer nights, but even Sunday morning, it's kind of like, you know, they wait, wait, big T. What do you, what, what do you mean you do? Did I just miss that? What do you what do you mean you do open mic prayer nights, man? Maybe this is kind of standard in the Baptist world. Um, apparently. Uh-huh. I mean, this is what I've been told. But Dude, like, I love my denomination. Go on. Yeah, but like like one or two Sunday nights. Um and, and I should caveat this to high heaven because these are these are actually good, you know, they're they're nourishing things for the body and and like even nourishing things for me, even though I'm a curmudgeon and I'm, I have a yeah, hard time. You love the church, big T. We know that baby. Just yeah. Carry. I have a tough time paying attention to people just in an open mic setting. But, uh, but yeah, like it, the way, the way these evening services go, you go and sit in this big room and everybody just kind of like raises their hand and like vamps for a while about their thing. And in, in, in true, like general public, public speaking fashion, like nobody can just get to the point, you know? I mean, there's, there's all kinds of like, foreplay and preamble and then like seven minutes later they make the point um so so that's tough but but yeah it's it's still like it's a net positive for sure dude you so your church actually does a night service still is that standard is that standard practice in in uh like in tennessee like in in southern that's pretty i think it's pretty standard in the south to have Still do a Sunday night service? Sunday morning, the, Sunday night, and then Wednesday wow. night. Sometimes. Yeah, the, wow. the more traditional churches still do that. A lot of churches have done away with Sunday night, but you will hear a lot of people complaining at the doing away of Sunday night services. Like, yeah. you know, back in back in my day kind of thing, except these aren't like 97-year-olds. These are like 46-year-olds who are like, man, I miss the Sunday evening service. I can tell you, having grown up in a church that did Sunday services and then stopped, not yeah. having Sunday night services is awesome so maybe let me tell you let me tell you a thing about our our church and sunday night service that you can set your watch by 
So we don't always do Sunday night service. It happens like one or two Sunday nights a month. But I'll tell you the Sunday night where it's always happening, Super Bowl Sunday, without <laughs> fail. There is a Sunday night prayer service on during the biggest cultural event of dude. The what does that even mean? Yeah, I, I had a friend that did that, and I'm like, I, I dude, I literally don't understand why would you like why would you do that? Oh, uh, dude, in the in the reformed world, it's kind of this like screw you to the culture, like or is it like we're testing you? We're testing to see where your loyalty. We're testing lie. you. We're not like bending to the well, to the whims you of you the culture. You know how Martin Luther used to beat himself with a whip, and then like he went to Rome yeah. and crawled up those like 108 stairs, stone stairs on his knees, yeah. and like just the self the self flagellation. Uh, yeah. That Sunday evening service on Super Bowl Sunday, absolutely. And 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 to that point, pipe. Like when I when I complain low key about about the length of the service. Um, the answer I get from a lot of these guys as well, T, you know, the, you know, the Puritans used to go for like five and six hours at a time. So really our thing is no big deal. Like, why can't we talk about some of the other things like the Puritans did that like none of us do these days? (laughs) Yeah. That weren't, that weren't all that great either. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, why, why, I love how we get to, I love how we get to use, misuse and abuse the Puritans whenever it suits our purposes. Well, dude, there's such a huge in our, in our tribe, Ron, there's such a huge like fangirling over anything Puritan, you know? Um, that, that, that's just a huge deal right now, but, um, but yeah, anyway, pipe, pipe, what about you? Ideal, uh, one-off church service. What would it look like? Well, since it's a one-off thing, like obviously if, if it's a, you know, the church services that, that go on every Sunday, you have to kind of build in different things that are part of the life of the church. So there's some aspect of like announcements or different things so that people kind of, there's a flow, yeah. but if it's a one-off, I think the answer is you want to leave people wanting a little bit more of everything. So mm. you don't pray until the point where they're like, oh my goodness, he's still praying. You don't sing yeah. you don't sing the chorus of the song 11 times because, you know, seven was good enough. Let's stop we there. We do. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. You, know, you know, if if there's nine verses in a hymn, maybe pick the best five. Yeah, um, dude. Seven is always just the standard, right? We don't need... Or invent a couple more. <laughs> seven choruses is that's right. always, always Okay, good. That, that's true. Every hymn needs a chorus. Thank you, Chris Tomlin, for providing those for us. Uh, every aspiring worship leader should be working on that. That's clearly the best thing. Um, but no, you just always leave people wanting a little bit more. So like, if if the 40 or 45-minute sermon is going to make people go, that's that's good... Stop at like 38 minutes or 37 minutes or 29 minutes. I don't know. Just just shy of like pushing the envelope too far. That's where churches go wrong is like they they max out something instead of giving people just what they need and no more. I feel like one of the best things that happens at my church is that like the sermons don't ever get to the point where I'm like, they're still talking. Like enough already. Yeah. He's still going. They The... the the musical worship is like it's really good and sometimes i would i would like more of it which is a way better place to be than wanting less of it yeah uh, but i mean pipe i mean you got ray ortland i mean every, you know nobody minds ray to be fair ray preaches like two-thirds yeah. of the sundays it's the same on the sundays he doesn't preach so right but i mean you know but I mean, that, but like, that's you got that's, like an A-list dude. So. But that's kind of, but that's kind of what clued me into that idea, though. Because, well, here's the thing: I grew up under an A-list preacher, and I can tell you that most Sundays I was like, "Good Lord, he's still talking." <laughs> so, it's just not. But you're, it's your old man. It's, I mean, your pops just does not count. Okay, and, I've been to the Gospel Coalition. I've been to Together for the Gospel. I have been to For the Church. I mean, you want, I, I've heard every A-lister reform dude preach. They all give me everything I need plus ten minutes. Like, they, yeah. 
if they did if they gave me everything I needed minus three minutes, that yeah. would be so money. And it never. Like, you know what's crazy about that is that I think didn't Sam Alberry just like preach at your church like recently? Yes. I, I, what I I think the other like factor here that is, if you have if you have an accent and more specifically like a British or a Scottish accent. Oh, you're a made man. You can, you can, you can do whatever. Can take, you can tack 10 to 15 minutes onto your sermon yep. and nobody's even going to know. Nobody's even the wiser because they're just enjoying the accent so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And Sam being a very gracious person did not do that. You know, he kind of stayed in the lane of how the church works, but it's, you're right. Uh, Alistair somehow, Begg, can, Alistair Begg yeah. can preach 48 minutes. Everybody else should preach like 35. I don't know a dude with a a dude with a British accent. They stop at 40 and you're thinking, dude, that was like 25. Like somehow, if you have a British accent, it does some magical thing to everybody's ears where it just it, – it halves every sermon. So, yeah. dude, you could preach for an hour with a British accent. Everybody's going to be like – Unless, yeah, you're, unless they're in England, in which case people are like, oh, that was, that was unbelievably yeah, then, long. Then like we could go over there with our American accents and they would feel the same way about us. Probably not. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. not after the Boston Tea Party. That, that sort of broke things forever. Does that kill it? Yeah, that's what Sam told me. He's like, yeah, we don't really like you guys. The Boston uh, Tea Party ruined it. Dude, they're still mad about that. Judas, that was a long time ago. Dude, are, Sam's are in you, the are you not familiar with how British, how time works in Britain? It doesn't really uh, work in Britain. They just hold on to stuff forever and ever. I think they're also mad at, like, India for getting independence, too. So, you know. Interesting. It's, it's uh, rough being a Brit, from what I gather. I know I so little it. about Britain. It's, like, it's, it's incredible. Dave, <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? You're Mr. Britain. I mean, all I know is all I know is about like British bands from the '80s and '90s. Like, I like literally other than that, and other than some of the candy bars they eat, which are like Canadian for us. I don't really know. Like, I don't. I don't really know that much about you know the culture and like the the things that they're still holding to over about America that they're angry about and all those kinds of yeah. things. It's yeah. weird. Okay, before know. we get hate mail from our seven British listeners, I was joking. Just well, of course. Okay, but yeah, here's the thing: not everybody knows this. They get very culturally sensitive. Although I don't know if Brits are very culturally sensitive. But there's here's the thing: Americans who love Britain will be mad on behalf of England, who used to rule us with an iron fist. So they don't need your defense, America. My, my wife is literally baking a British pudding right now for a British friend that we have that lives two streets Wait, baking, over. Baking a pudding sounds like the worst thing. Baking a British put. I'm not kidding. She is baking a a a, a, a date British pudding right now. Oh, as wow. Good God, dude, it's delicious. Baby, do you wish you were British? If you could change your your like nationality to anything, would it be would it be British? Dude, yeah. Well, T, I just like what we just said. Yeah, I just wish I had the accent so I could preach longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's yeah. all. I mean, I, I don't want to be like from. I don't really care about being from Britain. I, but right. if I had the accent, I just think it would gain me so much capital in all of these different areas. Okay, yeah, I can, can, I ask, can I ask a question on the, on the inverse? So if, if like English, Scottish, Irish people get to preach for, you know, 40% more time and it feels normal, which accent is the one that when they preach for 20 minutes, it feels like 60? Well, so now you're just asking us to be racist. I don't know. Hype, it's, it's, no, I'm not. I'm asking you to no. make fun of, like, I don't know, New Yorkers or Bostonians or something. No, no, no. I'm just or afraid Texans. To I don't know. Pick, pick somebody. Okay, Bostonians for sure. I can have no, no. That. Dude, it's it's the loud, white, screamy Southern Baptist where it, he's only got one pitch and it's, like, shouting. Um, yeah, and he's that doing it pretty bad. 
he's doing it in that sweaty, florid southern accent. You can listen to that guy for 15 minutes and feel like it's been an hour. That's Do we have anybody in our tribe that does that besides mm-hmm. Maddie Cham? I don't know. And even I'm he just... doesn't do it. Like, he'll peek oh, at that, yeah. but he has more than one tone. Like, here's the thing. In the South, and I'm sure Ted knows this, you turn on the radio on a Sunday morning, every station that is, like, debauched rock music all yeah. all week long is yeah. horrific Southern preachers all Sunday long. Yeah. And then yeah. there's, like, the That's old school gospel music hour, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so you can hear a lot of these guys. It's like at, at every first Baptist church across the South has one. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I would pick actually like the, the hardcore Chicago accent. Think like Bill Swirsky's super fans or, <laughs> or any radio interview with a, with a public servant in Chicago. Uh-huh. That accent is really hard to listen to for longer than a news clip. That's yeah, funny. I'm I'm with you on that. I really the Boston one really really gets to me. I don't know what I don't know why. I just it's the way they pronounce some of their words, and it just really like. I don't know. I could listen to uh, Will Hunting preach a sermon. I feel like that would be really amusing. I could too. I'd listen yeah, to that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it's yeah, if it's Matt Damon, sure. <laughs> okay, if so it's, let's if it's let's, Pastor let's Matt Damon, down. sure. <laughs> let's break you it know? down. Let's take the whole let's take the whole cast of Good Will Hunting. So you got Matt Damon, you've got Ben Affleck as Chucky. Um, you got that, that other really guy. His in name in the movie is Chucky. That was his name. His name was Chucky. Uh, you got Casey Affleck, um, who's the little brother. Casey Affleck is Morgan. Um, you got that other dude, system. Cole Hauser, who was like my favorite dude who never said anything. Um, but anytime he did, it was like real profound. And he hasn't um, got- like since then. I mean, what a, dude, what happened to that now, guy? Cole Hauser's been in, he's, he's sort of been a, he's been like a, a TV star on a number of shows, sort of like the oh, cop okay. guy or the handsome boyfriend guy or that, that kind of thing. So he's, gotcha. he's made a career for himself. Gotcha. Well, dude, and then you got, you got Robin Williams character and then you've got, uh, Dr. Gerald Lambeau, who is kind of the, you know, the, the ap- academic archetypal, like arrogant academic, um, of all those guys, of all those characters, who would you want to hear preach? The most you had to you had to give the pulpit to one of those guys. Who is it? Morgan. Really? Why Morgan? Talk about that. Because he has the best line in the movie. I wish I had a double burger. It's the singing the double burger line. Yes, (laughs) I love it too. It is the best line in the whole movie. And you know, yes, there's I got a number. How do you like them apples? Like those are great lines. It's not your fault. It's a very touching scene. But I want my double burger. Is is the pinnacle of that movie, and I want to hear Morgan preach. I wish I had a double burger. Yes, Morgan, shut the... Yeah, great scene. Uh, Wait, which guy is Morgan? Casey Affleck. Uh, yeah, I like Casey Affleck's voice, so I, I wouldn't mind hearing him preach a sermon because he kind of has that sort of that that very like slow, whiny, almost just kind of high-pitched, almost like he's getting ready to fall asleep while he talks kind of a voice. I... That might be compelling in some weird way. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, Big T. Is Goodwill Hunting just the Boston version of Dead Poet Society? No, baby. Here's why. If you rewatch, in in fact, do this, like for your own edification. I'm just trying to rile you up right now, but it was worth asking. Yeah, no, we could talk about it on the show. Uh, Dead Poet Society is terrible. Uh, It's hot garbage. (laughs) And if you rewatch it as an adult, you'll realize what hot garbage it is. Um, It was the... I enjoy nothing more than your just visceral hatred of this movie. It's That's so why I fun for me. That's why I asked. Well, dude, it's like the archetypal like '90s faux deep movie. I know, and, but uh, can we can we start to is is somebody going to be brave enough, and I'll be that guy to start saying that a little bit about Goodwill Hunting? 
Mm, wow, baby, you're so brave. Now, what if I got all quiet and sullen and did a protest move because you're you're bashing my movie? I feel like I, I could. Baby, I, need to, I had I had no idea that was quote your un, unquote movie. Sorry, it's my okay. movie. I'm gonna. I want to be. I, mean, I, I thought we knew what each other's movies were, and you never mentioned Goodwill Hunting. I'm just throwing it out there, baby. I'm I'm not hearing you. I'm shopping for like wood <laughs> wood cabins online. I don't even know what you said. Hold on, let me send you the link real quick, baby. Send me the link. I want a log cabin. See, here's here's where uh, here's here's where Ron might be on the money with this one. Not not in a total comparison, but at least an aspect. And it's it's the it's the Robin Williams connection. It's a little on the cheek. The movie's yeah. a little on the cheek, I, man. It, I'm just so, I'm just saying. like the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck side of this, like the Will Hunting storyline, yeah, is is infinitely better than Dead Poet Society. Just yeah. it's not even on the same. But the Robin Williams as like the inspirational, like pseudo father figurey thing mm-hmm. is is not is not on the money. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's not. Okay. It's not great. It's okay. I mean, they yeah. want you to. They really are setting you up for that last scene when you know he's doing the "It's okay, Matt." You know, oh, thing. sure, there. Yeah, and it yeah. and it gets me every time. Every it time. gets me too. But it's it's far from, it's far from my favorite scene in the movie. You know, I don't I don't even think it's top five in terms of like strong scenes in the movie. What is uh, what is the best scene in that movie? In in, mm-hmm. in your opinion? Well, dude, it's it's. You've got the the speech that Chucky gives to Matt Damon at the job site toward mm-hmm. the end. Like if you're um, still here in ten years, I'm gonna. If kill you're still them. here yeah, every, in ten every years, every day no. I show up and hope you're not here. Is I think is that that yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. Obviously, the scene in the bar uh, with the ponytail guy from from Harvard, where Matt Damon kind of puts him in his place. That's a great scene, um, dude. The one the one that always chokes me up, you guys, is where Bill, the Cole Hauser character. Um, has like fixed up a car for Will for Will's birthday, and they like they give Will the car. Um, I don't know why. I don't even scene. remember that. I Dude, that scene always gets me. It's like these guys they saved up and they bought this this kind of really crummy car, and they worked on it a whole bunch. And yeah, they it was gave like it to a nineteen seventies Chevy Nova or something like that. Yeah, and Bill and Bill goes, "It's a good, it's a good car, dude. Good, good engine." See, yeah, I can't I listen stuff. to a guy preaching like that. That's what I mean. <laughs> No, I know, and I'm 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 not saying listen to him preaching, but but you know it's just what he's saying in the scene. Right. Um, yeah, well, I think I, yeah, I think the it's cliche, but I think the best. I mean, the best scene is when is when Chucky shows up to pick Will up, and yeah. he's not there, and just sort of the yeah. way he turns around and has like the look of both like disappointment and satisfaction on his face, and then just walks yeah. away and gets in the car and leaves. I think that's sort of the. Because it, it's like it's like a quiet pinnacle instead of the it's not your fault sort of like we're going to emotionally manipulate you into this this thing. Yeah, I do think the Robin Williams scene where they're talking about the Carlton Fisk home run game and you know he that's missed it because he had to go see about a girl. That's yeah. that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, writing as well as you you could tell that both of those guys just loved doing that scene. They loved baseball. They loved. They love doing the scene. It was just, they, they felt like real people instead of characters. I just think yeah. it's fa- I just think it's a fa- I think I do think it's a phenomenal movie. I do think it's a phenomenal script. I think what's most phenomenal about it to me is that it was written by those two dudes, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. 
at such a young age. Because those because those guys are not like largely impressive to me as as actors or or, in, or anything of that caliber. So the fact yeah. that they were such great writers for that particular piece, I think, is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I think they were yeah. what they started it when they were in college, like nineteen twenty years old, and they I think they finished it. They they kind of worked on it in bits and pieces, and then they like they were both sort of out of work, and they took like six months and finished it. Yeah, when they were maybe twenty two or something. They like, wrote a great twenty four. Yeah, they wrote a great story. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, like Affleck, man, talk about a career that's just been like all you know all over the place, right? It's just yeah. crazy. Like you, like if you look at Affleck now, you would have no clue that that guy won an Academy Award for writing that movie. Like you, you would be shocked if you weren't, if like, if, if like if you're somebody that's young and oh yeah, that guy, you remember Goodwill Hunting that we saw like that? Like he wrote that. You'd be like, wait, what? You'd be stunned. Yeah. You'd be stunned. Yeah, but Affleck, yeah. the director has had a consistent, he, like consistent success. Affleck, the actor <clears throat> is, um, let's, let's call him less consistent. Dude, what has yeah, he directed? He directed, he directed Argo. He directed Argo. He directed The Town. He directed. Yeah, but didn't he star in those two though? He he starred in Argo, right? He did. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So he directs. Oh, I didn't know he directed those. I mean, I knew he starred in those. I didn't know those were his films. All right. Yeah. Wow. But when but when he directs a movie that he stars in, he casts himself as something he can actually do, as opposed yeah. to like Batman, where he's terrible, mm. uh, or uh, what was it, The Accountant, where he's that was just one of the dumbest movies and worst performances and and it's it's so strange to see somebody who has had success also just fall flat on his face that just doesn't happen like matt damon doesn't ever fall on his face in a performance he's done some dumb movies but his performance is always like okay damon's damon's solid he's fine damon's gonna damon yeah yeah he is he is always himself yep absolutely boys we are always we are always ourselves, and uh, we are always ourselves uh, specifically on this program. Um, we always do the thing that we do, which is to wander to and fro throughout these topics, um, which we which we have done. Even topics that, like, to be fair, a couple of us were disillusioned with at times. You know, I I I, I did a little uh, a little online shopping when um, you know when when Ron was kind of taking shots at Goodwill Hunting, and I know that. He got a little quiet at, during our, our sports talk, Piper. But um, in spite of that, we made it work and we did good radio, boys. So, Can you guys uh, come up with a topic for me to protest next time? I felt pretty dude, much engaged yeah. this whole episode and I'm now feeling left out. I want to protest what's the, something. What's the topic that's going to make Pipe go silent in protest? That's Oh, man. I mean, let, let's think about that and we'll do it next time. Uh, sure. I have a suggestion. 80s music. Okay. It's not, it's not out of hatred. It's out of complete ignorance. So I will protest out of I don't know how to join this conversation. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, fair enough. Perfect. Boys, we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics. Go to uh, happyrampodcast.com. Make it your internet homepage. And while you're there, uh, get some tickets. Get some tickets to Indie Live. Um, it's going to be the, the radio event of the year, the podcasting event of the year. Uh, it will be the most fun thing about that weekend uh, for sure. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. 
Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.